0: Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Grass withers, the flower fades, the Word of our God stands forever. Now we all know, if you've been around in church much at all, the story of Zacchaeus, but most of you know it from the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree, and the Lord want to finish it? And as that savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. And now if you're, if you're a a young Darla, you're convinced this event happens on Tuesday because for I'm going to your house Tuesday for I'm going to your house Tuesday. And it, no, today is when you say today I must go to your house. So we, we all know the story. I mean, we've learned it for forever. So, but what is, what is the point here going on in the narrative of the story of Zacchaeus? When you hear the phrase, all things are possible with God. I mean, that gets bandied around a lot. And, you know, don't doubt God is able. All things are possible with God. with God, All things are possible. What possibilities come into your mind when people use that phrase? What are they speaking about? All things are possible with God. What what typically comes into your mind? It's language that's thrown around that that often means many different things when people use it. They look at a circumstance of their life. or They look at a certain individual. All things are possible with God. And what are the impossible things that we would often like to see happen, that we place our hopes in God about what are those impossible things. Well, this morning, the story of Zacchaeus, what we're looking at is a a real life working out of this statement from Jesus, that with God, all things are possible. That is what the story of Zacchaeus is is about. We know this song, and we know this story. This is the, the last personal interaction, really. I know we've got four more chapters, four and a half more chapters of Luke to go through, but this is really the last like one-on-one, real personal interaction we have in the Gospel of Luke. Pretty soon, he's going to be going on into Bethany, and then he's going to enter into Jerusalem, into the Passion Week events. And outside of conversations with disciples... This is the last personal interaction that we hear with Jesus from an individual. This contains a message that is desperately needed to be heard. Desperately, we desperately need to hear this message. It is a message about God's power to save and a a message about who he has come to save. The main point is... Not that Jesus has come to save even short people. Believe it or not. I know that Zacchaeus is famous for being short, but the point of this passage is not that Jesus comes even to save short people. That's an important detail in the account, but that is not 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 the main point. What makes this, this narrative so important, this description about Zacchaeus, is not his shortness, but his richness. His richness. For us, I know this section that we read was a month ago, but it really is just a half a chapter earlier in our Bibles. If you look back up above chapter 19, look at chapter 18, and verses 18 through 27. This whole section about the rich young ruler, right? This ruler comes up, asks Jesus, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. Um, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. He goes through the second table of the law, goes on down. The guy says, I have kept all of these things. When Jesus heard this in verse 21, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when this rich young ruler, verse 23, but when he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. He's very wealthy. So he's very sad. He doesn't want to give all his stuff away. And Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, here's the important verse here, verse 24, seeing that he becomes sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of god what 's the message in that passage that it 's the impossibility of a, of a rich man entering god 's kingdom it 's more likely for a camel and that to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven, and that 's exactly what it sounds like. He's talking about a giant camel and, and, a, and a needle and taking the camel and getting it through the eye of that needle. I mean, you could say it's easier today to, to fly. We don't travel on camels. We travel on airplanes. So it's easier to get a 747 through a hula hoop than it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom. That's what he's saying. It's, that the, it's, an, it's an impossible thing for, to, to, to have accomplished. This proposition that he puts forward that is that while it is impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, what does he go on and say? Verse 26, those who heard it said, well, then who can be saved? Who can get camels through the eyes of needles? Who can be saved? Verse 27, but he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. With God all things are possible. And what is he talking about? This rich man symbolizing a certain category of a person entering into the kingdom of God. Doing the impossible is the kind of business that God is involved in. Zacchaeus was a despised man. I mean, he wasn't just rich. And he admits um, as he goes down, we see uh, later on that they, these people grumble He's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner, and and they they they're they're upset over this involvement with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus himself admits he's defrauded people. He's a crime boss, essentially, in Jericho. He's collecting taxes, but he isn't just doing like some government job. He's doing this government job, plus he's taking extra on the side. He is defrauding people out of their money. He is a despised man. They, they do not like this man. They do not want him around. He's this chief tax collector. He would be above other tax collectors. He's the, at the top of the pyramid scheme. He's collecting money from everybody else collecting money. He's a despised individual, but there's something about Jesus that has caught Zacchaeus' attention. He's got to get his eyes upon Jesus. We don't really know what it is. Something has caught his interest. And so being the short man that he is, he goes, Jesus is passing by, and he can't get to the front of the crowd. And everyone, no one likes Zacchaeus. So it's like, hey, you know, come on up to the front since you can't see. Everyone's... Get out of the way, Zacchaeus. So what does he do? He sprints down the road like a fool. He runs down the side of the road, climbs up into a sycamore tree so that he can get a view over top of everybody else. He's desperate to lay his eyes upon Jesus, thinking surely I'm up in this sycamore tree. The crowd's out in front of me. Jesus will come by. I'll get a look at Jesus. He'll keep on going. My curiosity will be be fixed. My curiosity will be satisfied. But That's not what happened, is it? Jesus passes by, and he looks up, and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree, and he calls him out. Now, I know we've read this story. I know we know this song, but pretend you're reading the gospel of Luke for the first time. We're reading through this. The rich young ruler, Jesus, wants him to go sell all that he has and come follow him. And he doesn't. And he says, you know what? It's easier for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Or it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then what happens? Here comes Zacchaeus. Here comes a rich man. Climbs in this tree. wants to see Jesus. And Jesus says his name. Zacchaeus, come down. What's he going to say to Zacchaeus? I know you know the rest of the story, but pretend like you don't. What's he going to say to Zacchaeus? Here's a rich man. Try to get that guy into the kingdom of heaven is like getting a camel through the eye of a needle. It's going to be a messy job. It's an impossible job. So what's he going to say to Zacchaeus when he calls him down? What would Zacchaeus' expectations have been? Surely, Jesus is going to rebuke Zacchaeus for his sinfulness and send him scurrying. Isn't he? Surely, he's going to take this crime boss this guy who's defrauded people and he's going to send him home with his tail between his legs just like the rich young ruler went. Isn't he? That's what we, that, that would be right if he were to do that. It's important to think about what Zacchaeus' expectations would have been. And I get... Get pushback when I preach on the severity of the text of Scripture, this this seriousness of our sinfulness and what it means for humanity, for us as humans in the in the light of God's holiness, what that means for us in our sinful state. But when we recognize the severity of who we are as sinful creatures in light of a holy God, then we get to have our eyes open to the beauty of God's grace and remembering Zacchaeus' very dangerous and precarious position. A rich man, a crook, a crime boss, a thief, catches a glimpse of Jesus and Jesus says, Hey, you, come down. What's he going to say? What is he going to say? And if if we miss that part of the story, then we don't get caught up and what incredible grace is shown when Jesus finishes the rest of his sentence to Zacchaeus and doesn't condemn him, but, but says, I must go fellowship with you. I must go into your house. This, and the reason why I'm stressing that, that aspect of the narrative is so important because everyone who has the Holy Spirit working on this inside of them has from time to time felt like they're an impossible case everyone who who God is working on, who's being moved upon by the Holy Spirit, has from time to time felt like there's no way that there's no way that I can climb out of this hole that I'm in. I have, I have wronged God in such a way. I have hurt my family in such a way. I have given into temptation in such a way. There is no way. It is now impossible that God would ever have anything to do with me. We have all at times lived in such a way, sinned in so severe way, and turned from God in such a great degree that we've been convinced there's no way, I can get into God's kingdom. And if you haven't gotten there, I'd be actually more concerned for you if you've never had those thoughts or that you don't ever at some point get to the end of the day and think, boy, that was, I don't, I I can't even pray right now because there's no way God would have anything to do with me. It would be impossible. You feel like Zacchaeus up in the tree who when Jesus, if Jesus were to call my name, surely it would be to do nothing but to condemn me. Listen, it's, it's, it's important that you hear this. When you transgress in that severe way, when you disobey God and His law, and when you turn your back on God, and you choose yourself and your sin, and you feel like entering into God's favor, is an impossibility. It's important that you hear this. You are right. It is. It is. Zacchaeus would have been right to hear Jesus call His name, and what immediately happens? His heart starts thumping in his chest. There's no way this is going to go good. For, for, this, for this man to look at me and have favor upon me, this situation is impossible. And for Zacchaeus to have felt that way would have been right. I can just imagine the heartbeat in his throat. You know, I, re- I rode, with, rode with my brother this week home from the funeral. And he's a, as a kid, he tortured me with his driving, just like a maniac when I'm, you know, he's six years older than me. We just drive around like a crazy person and he gets, I get in his truck and he takes off and immediately my blood pressure is like through the roof. And I just, I feel like I'm six again in the back of his car. Not six is the only, I've been what, eight, 10, whatever. I've been 10, 12, terrified. I can, I know how has felt in this moment. Of just what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next. Here we go. And the reality is that it would have been just for Jesus to call Zacchaeus down and condemn him. Because he deserved it. He was a defrauder. He was a thief. He was a crook. And this righteous man calls him out. It would have been absolutely right for Jesus to condemn him. And Zacchaeus is a stand-in for each one of us. We have all found ourselves in this position where we are sure God is going to call out his displeasure with us. And we know that God would be right to do it. In fact, there isn't a person on the face of this universe and this planet who has ever lived up to God's standard of righteousness. Everyone everywhere is called to repent because everyone everywhere needs to what does Jesus do? That's why I want, you to, I, I want you to hear the severity of that so you can see the beauty of what Jesus does with impossible cases. Because the reality is, every one of us in this room this morning, you are an impossible case at getting into the kingdom of heaven. What does he do? He calls Zacchaeus down and insists that he has dinner with him. The very opposite of what Zacchaeus deserves, he gets, Jesus extends grace to Zacchaeus. He gets this view of Jesus. He has his eyes set on Jesus, not even sure why, he just wants to see Jesus. And when his eyes hit Jesus, Jesus calls him out, tells him to come down. He must go to Zacchaeus' house. And what does the text say? Zacchaeus receives him Joyfully. Joyfully. I think that's an understatement, that word there. That this pure, the Lord Himself, the Son of Man, Son of God, walking down on this road, sees this sinful man, says, I must dine with you. Joyfully is an understatement of His reaction. That He doesn't get condemnation, but that He gets His grace and His mercy. Not only that, but when this encounter is over, Zacchaeus is so moved by the mercy and grace of God that on his own volition, half of what I owe, I get to give back to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to give him back four times what I took from him. See the contrast with the rich young ruler? Jesus said, you got to do this and follow me. And the rich young ruler is too too in love with himself, too in love with his stuff, too in love with his right now, to think about his walk with Christ. Zacchaeus, none of that is even mentioned. But out of the joy of what Jesus has done for him and extending mercy to him, he's like, "I, I don't need any of this stuff. I'm going to give it all away. Zacchaeus experienced God doing the impossible. What was the impossible? This is the... When I say this is the last personal interaction, this is the pinnacle of what God is able to... This is, this is the miracle of miracles. And, and remember, we haven't skipped anything in the Gospel of Luke. Healing of the blind men, healing of the leprosy, all of these healings, all these miraculous events, His, his authority over nature, His authority over the demonic, His authority over all of these things, over death itself, raising people back to de- back to life after death. This is where the pinnacle miracle is displayed. And what is it? Saving sinners. It's incredible that God can do this. It's the main point of this passage. Zacchaeus experienced God doing the impossible. He rescued him, he rescued him, he saved him. He, he got to d- dwell and dine and be with Jesus. Zacchaeus experienced the impossible. And and we get so caught up with these these physical miracles. And they are amazing. They are witnesses and testimonies to the divinity of Jesus. But the the, the incredible miracle that, that God works is saving sinners. People that have no right to come into the kingdom. People that it's saving them is like taking camels through the eyes. Of a needle. It's like flying 747s through a hula hoop that these people can be rescued, sinners can be rescued. And this is what he does. We could make the argument that we are the rich of the world today, which, I mean, if you. Everyone's got cell phones. We sit in this house, this, this room with lights. we got TVs on the wall that we're looking at. I mean, we are, by any sort of standard, we are the rich of the world. But beyond that, 1 Timothy chapter 6.17 says this, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. We may not be the richest, but we certainly place our hope in things outside of God Himself. We do not always reconcile, recognize ourselves as the lost. And if you cannot see yourself as the lost then you cannot see yourself as one whom Jesus has come to seek and to save. The astonishing news is that no matter how lost you may see yourself to be, no matter how helpless you may see your state to be, there is no impossibility that God cannot conquer. God can work a miracle. Don't be offended when I say this. God can work a miracle by saving even you. Even you. <laughs> even even Zacchaeus. Even those who have no right and who have these moments of clarity in their life. And they think, mm, God can, there's no way. God can save even you. There is no impossibility God cannot conquer. How will he do this? Well, in the same way that Zacchaeus is saved. He, he makes this interesting statement. He says, he is This since he also is a son of Abraham, Paul explains this out. This isn't about becoming a Jew. This is explained in Romans chapter four that all who believe are children of Abraham. Abraham was a father of faith. He believed God and God credited to him as righteousness. So in the same way that Zacchaeus becomes a son of Abraham through faith in Jesus, we all can become in the same way children of Abraham, inheritors of the promise by faith in this seed, by faith in Jesus. Zacchaeus becomes a true son of Abraham. He becomes saved. He becomes adopted into the family of God, not by race or by external religious ritual, But by seeing Jesus and believing who he is. Do you see this consistent theme as we've worked through Luke 19 chapters in? This consistent theme. Can you see Jesus for who he is? Getting your eyes on Christ. Getting your eyes on who God is, what God is doing in the life of Christ. Seeing yourself as the Pharisee and the tax collector. That was just a chapter ago. The Pharisee, oh, I think, I'm not like that guy. But this tax collector saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He knew himself. He knew his desperate state. And he had eyes set on Christ. Can you see Christ? This is the question. Can you see him? Will you believe in seeing him, believe in him? For all that he's revealed himself to be. After this happens, he's going to go into Jerusalem, into Jericho. And he's going to not be received as a king, but crucified as a criminal. He's going to suffer death. He's going to, for sinners, stand in their place and receive the punishment that Zacchaeus deserves as a liar, as a cheat, as a criminal, as a crime boss, as a crook, Jesus is going to bear that wrath upon himself because, and since that Zacchaeus has seen Jesus as the Lord, looked to him, believed in him, his sin will be laid upon Christ on the cross and Christ's righteous, righteousness will be given to Zacchaeus so that through faith his sins are forgiven and he becomes a child of Abraham, which is code for adopted into the family of God. He will become a member of God's family. Jesus does all of this work, goes to the cross, rises from the grave three days later to save sinners. Luke 19.10. I know since the Acts verse is so short next week, put Luke 19.10 in your back pocket as well of your brain. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Every sinner looking to Christ in faith, believing in Jesus as their Savior, is forgiven of their sins, given Christ's perfect righteousness, and brought into full fellowship, renewed right relationship with God. We should look and believe because with God all things are possible. And what is the most incredible possibility that God works? He saves sinners. He saves sinners. And I pray that everyone in here this morning knows themselves to be a sinner who has not lived perfectly as God would have you live. But I don't pray that so that you'll feel bad about yourself. I pray that so you realize you're just like everybody else. It isn't like your special class of sinners. You're like all the rest of us. Every one of us is this Zacchaeus up in the tree. I pray that you know that because it is only from that position that you actually can get your eyes on who Christ is. In a very real way, seeing your own sinfulness is your climbing of your own sycamore tree. Seeing yourself as as a sinner is climbing the sycamore tree by which you can actually see Jesus for who he is. It's the only position from which you'll get a true glimpse of Jesus. But it is also from that position where the miracle of what Jesus has done becomes clear. He does the impossible. He saves sinners. And he will save you. He will bring your ultimate joy. He will work so much joy in your heart over what he has done that like Zacchaeus, you'll be like, you know what? Take all these things that I've loved for all my life and worked so hard and and been a criminal and defrauded people over. All of these things that I've loved all my life, get rid of them. Just give me Jesus. This is the impossible miracle that he will work and can work in your life. The very thing that Zacchaeus worked so hard for becomes as nothing to him. Give it all away, he says. Just give me Jesus. And let's make that our prayer as well today. Let's pray. Father, do this work in our hearts, God, as we prepare for communion in a way, and I don't mean to be all symbolic, but in a way it is our climbing of our sycamore tree, God, that we would we, see ourselves as... as away from, apart from, undeserving of, removed from, in our own selves, in an impossible state, knowing ourselves as sinners, so that from there we can view the beauty of what you have done for us in rescuing us, what, the, what communion says to us, the giving of your body, the shedding of your blood, that we might be forgiven, and that you might do the impossible, which is to seek and to save Sinners. God, help every one of us in this room this morning have clear eyes to see that, open ears to hear it, and renewed and refreshed hearts in the joy of that reality. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.